Originality is overrated. Don't force it if it doesn't come naturally. With Rejoice, Ojaku from Incubita. Brought to you by Majestic, I'm David Bain and this is SEO in 2022. Rejoice, what is your number one SEO tip for 2022? My number one tip would be originality is overrated. You don't have to constantly think of new ideas or new creative, innovative ideas around content, especially in SEO. There are so many content out there that you can repurpose. There are so many different contents that you can focus on a different aspect of an already existing content and further it in that way. You don't have to create this brand new, awesome, amazing idea constantly for your website. It's not needed. Um, I find it can be a waste of time, especially if you're not that creative and you don't have to be. You just have to think differently. Think about what the competitors have. What do you have? How can you recreate? How can you repurpose that article? And to do so, you can repurpose it with a different subject matter of the same topic. You can repurpose it in a different format. So if you presented it as a blog, you can repurpose it from it to an infographic and add a bit more extra information. And that way you're still engaging with your consumers with the same content, but just from a different angle. So that would be my SEO tip in 2022. So a lot of SEOs are probably very comfortable with that and um, are, are happy just to focus in on that. On the other hand, if they work in a big team and they have a separate content team, Perhaps the content team is excited by um, creating something entirely new that hasn't been done before. What would you say as an SEO to maybe stem that enthusiasm for creating something new that's not necessarily going to bring in as much traffic as focusing in on what you have already? Because sometimes you need to look at what's doing well on your website, what's not doing so well on your website. And then think about rather than it's sort of, if it's not broken, don't necessarily fix it. So your content isn't broken. It's just that you have great performing content and you have content that's not so performing. So let's look at the not so performing well content and let's see what keywords are you using? How have you presented that content? So even though, yes, your content team may be so excited to, to create this you know new content and all these things, but the excitement can still be in thinking about how can we take what we have and how can we use it differently? How can we now engage a different side of the consumers? Maybe for, maybe your, your content right now is targeting consumers that are on the awareness of awareness journey, on the buyer's journey um, path. Maybe repurpose it to, for consumers who are now in the consideration path. So think about the buyer's journey. Where is it targeting? Think about the intent of that your content and how can you repurpose, repurpose it for a new intent to target a new, um, a new um, demographic, a new target audience? And that can still be exciting because now you have to research what's con how, you know, how are consumers doing this? What content or what ideas am I thinking about repurposing? Is that already out there? What more can we add into our own content? So that excitement, feed it to your content in that way. I'm sure they'll be quite excited to think about things differently. Great. I love the fact that you actually apply it to the consumer purchase journey and 
perhaps it could be the case that a piece of content exists out there and by simply tweaking it towards making it more relevant to pushing people further down that purchase funnel, you're suddenly increasing the conversion rates or making it a lot more measurable and a lot more effective for the business as a whole. Now, you touched upon look, looking for opportunities. So how does an SEO go about defining the 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 optimum opportunity to focus on from a content perspective? Um, should they be looking for pages that are ranking second page for popular keyword phrases is about is it more about um uh, the, the, the that's your keyword phrases that you're targeting or the type of content that you want to be writing how do you decide on the content to to, to focus in on for me how i always tend to decide is look at um what's ranking not necessarily on the first and second page because i think you know you're you're as a SEO person, you're kind of lucky if you do get on the first or second page. But look at other pages that are maybe third and fourth. And sometimes those pages can be um, linked to already great performing pages. So if you have an article that's coming up in the third, fourth page, how can you then utilize that with those pages who are on the first page? Now you look at ways to, you know, internal linking ways for you to sort of add, you know, those hyperlinks and maybe refer to those posts. And I love seeing content that has um, underneath the blog post related posts. You may be thinking of this or, you know, posts related to this topic. That's how you sort of build and sort of interlink all your content together. But if you want to find those opportunities, look at one, the pages on, you know, the third and fourth page, two, what keywords are, you know, doing quite well that's linked to those pages and how, and are you missing those keywords in your blog post? So again, you're looking at, okay, we have this new set of keywords for this idea we want to have, or this repurposing we're having, and we have these pages that are on, on the third and fourth page. How can we now utilize these keywords and add it to there? How can we start linking all our pages together? It, are they relatable to the already performing pages? And that's how you sort of spot the opportunities and how you can go about doing that. So if you use WordPress as a CMS, is it sufficient to use a related posts plugin within your blog posts to do that linking for you? Or is it better to manually decide on what content relates to one another and actually manually get those links into those posts? It's, I think it's better to manually do it because that actually shows a little bit of thoughts. I think the plugins are great because they might just take it for, they might just take it from the title. Maybe the title is a similar you know, topic as, as usual. But I think if you manually do it, you're actually now looking at the actual body of the content um, and different topics might be related to different posts that a plugin might not pick up on. So you can use a plugin, but I always say any things are a bit more better if you manually go in and actually give a thoughts, you know, give it a, a bit of, you know, idea of this is talking about a specific topic. We had an entire article on this, just this one paragraph. Let's link that in. How do we link that in? Again, your consumers will actually appreciate it because maybe they now want to expand the information or the knowledge on this tiny insert that you spoke about on one article, but you have a whole article talking about it and you've linked it that way. And what type of content um, ideally do you advise people to publish nowadays or have available on their website? Um, are you moving towards preferring longer form content with tables of contents and perhaps even removing some existing blog posts and redirecting it to um, another existing post and, and making that post larger and more uh, informative and more authoritative? 
Yeah, I think for me, break up your content. Um, having such a long-winded um, content form um, has sort of kind of made it harder for co- consumers to read. So I think break up your content. You might be able to embed videos in your content. Sometimes consumers love tutorials. Consumers love actually watching people explain things. It's really hard for a consumer to see a content that says, this will take a 30-minute read. No one really wants that. So if you have a table of contents type post, break those up. It, it doesn't have to be all in one blog post. Have several different blog posts that maybe are, are related to a generic topic and actually goes into more detail elsewhere and then start linking those posts together. That way you, you it will sort of build your authoritative and your trustworthiness of the site and also keep consumers on your page and on your website because they do want to continue to learn more and you have linked them quite beautifully. So are you saying that um, having 10 linked blog posts that are 500 words long could be better than having one 5,000 word long article that contains the same information? Yeah, in my personal experience, yes, because a lot of time we kind of see um, consumers sort of leave the leave the page. And also, if you think about it from you as a as a consumer, do you want to spend all your time reading a 5,000 blog post where you might only require him to find one particular answer or one particular aspect of that blog post? So do you have to go through 5,000 words or 5,000 words on a, on a website to find the one answer you want or the one topic you're really interested in? Or can a website make it easier for you and break those up into 10 different articles and you can actually just go to the direct um, subtopic because that article has broken it down and separated it in total. And even though, you know, it's separated, you can still link it back and forth with each other and have quite like a, a nice internal linking going on. What are the KPIs that you use to measure whether or not this has been a success or not? Um, do, do you focus on traffic? Do you focus on retention, conversion rates, um, actually people buying things from your website? What are the key elements to focus on here? Um, I think it definitely depends on the type of website you have. If you are a website that's selling a service and a product and you want people to purchase, then yes, you will focus on, um, I guess, the conversion from one article and does it lead to um, a purchase in that essence. But if you're more like an informative um yeah, like an informative site who you provide information, then it will be traffic, it will be retention you're looking at. You know, how many people are landing on this page and how long are they staying on the page before they leave? And that will kind of give a good indication that whether this information is being uh, received quite well. And I've seen some sites who have, you know, quite a lot of, you know, embedded sharing. They're able to keep track of, is this article being shared to other people? how many people are sharing this article, you'll kind of gauge the interest of your consumers based on those metrics. Okay, great. And, and what about um, controlling or managing where that content is published elsewhere? I'm thinking that um, Google are perhaps increasingly likely to take um, increased, uh, increased sizes of snippets and actually include that within the SERP nowadays. Um, are, would you generally advise that um, it's important to include elements to make that more likely um, for your content to be discovered directly on the SERP and people not even clicking through directly onto your website? I think you can absolutely target, you know, SERP features like knowledge cards or carousels, depending on that. But I don't always advise that let's focus on trying to target SERP features. I, again, I always say, 
you have to think about the experience first before you think about a search engine. Google is still a search engine. So if we're trying to target to always hit set features, sometimes it your content may not seem so organic because you have solely focused on, I need to get these features on, is it be seen on the Zevo, you know, the Zevo um, searches, Zevo page results. But ultimately you need to focus on, is my consumers, are they going to appreciate this content? Are they going to find the answers that they do? And a lot of times when consumers do find the answers using that, with the algorithm that Google has, it will eventually pick up on that and then maybe then place that in. But again, you have to make it quite structured. So make sure that the clear heading, you're using schemas, you're using uh, you know, great linking, just so Google can actually see the structure and understand the content. And eventually it will happen, but it should not be your focus on trying to do that for Google, but mostly try to answer the questions of your consumers. Is Google not looking for fresh um, content, original ideas, and would they not rather rank something that's entirely new instead of just a, a, an updated um, um, version that, uh, uh, that's been around for a couple of years? I, I don't think Google focuses on fresh, always focuses on fresh and new content. I think um, there is still a value in repurposed content that is, you know, that is different. Your old content might not be answering questions. It might not be answering what the users is, you know, wants to know repurposing it can actually still be of value because now you've changed up what you're ideally talking about. You're now thinking consumer first and essentially Google second, and Google will still be able to find value in that. I don't think Google um, sort of looks at it as fresh content over repurposed content. I just think Google looks at it as what content is answering the, the user's question. That's the best content we're going to serve. Whether it's fresh or whether it's not fresh, but we're going to serve the most relevant, the most purposeful, the most valuable content. And that value can come from repurposing what you have. Great advice. Okay, and so let's finish up by maybe thinking about one thing that SEOs should stop doing now that they've perhaps been doing over the last few years, but they should probably stop doing now because it's not as effective as it used to be. Um, so if an SEO has been listening to you and thinking, you're absolutely right, um, I've got lots of existing content, I need to do an audit of existing content, I need to see what I can repurpose, I need to get better value out of what I have got, but this is going to take me a lot of time to do, what's one thing that they can stop doing now that isn't as effective as it used to be so they can focus more time on repurposing? Stop fixating on like keywords with extremely high volume. Um, I think a lot of SEO people, whenever they're you know, advising or you know doing any sort of mapping, they always want to focus on very high keyword volumes. So in the thousands, in the 500s, I'm not saying those are bad. I'm just saying stop fixating on them. And it can be quite daunting because clients will always push you towards those keywords. But I think understand that a lot of long-tail keywords in itself may not carry those value, but those long-tail keywords still carry purpose and still carries intent and it still carries, um, you know, any sort of great visibility. You can absolutely know the intent of keywords more so when it's long tail than when it's short tail, because now you're going into the when, what is, how to. All those keywords tells you exactly what your um, users are trying to do. So if you're trying to just focus on the large volume of keywords, you might struggle to think about what content I need to create. Whereas the not so large volume keywords are telling you exactly what to create. The consumer is searching how to blend my makeup. They're telling you exactly what they want to know. Use that keyword 
use keywords that are surrounding it and you can throw in the large ones but let's also bring in those you know medium-sized not so big volume keywords into it Great advice, yeah, because uh, uh, your job as an SEO is to educate Google and make Google very, very confident about what your brand is about and when it should surface your content um, for for its um, for its readers, for for its um, people that are are, are searching on it. Um, superb thoughts. Rejoice as SEO manager for Incubator. Rejoice, thank you so much for being part of SEO in 2022. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Check out the rest of the content from SEO in 2022 over at seoin2022.com. 